And this is what it feels like. And this is what it feels like. And I survive cause a nigga is special first You get successful, then it get stressful thirst Niggas gon' test you, see what your texture's worth Diamonds and pipes, one of them pressure burst Street niggas, still I get checks and spurts I'm for peace, but before I get pressed, I murk Better days, pray for, but expecting worse At this level, boy, shit, I'm just less concerned Cruising in the six, looking at the proceeds And rap music on my wrist, dropping Morning, good afternoon, good evening Welcome to This Is Recorded Podcast. I have a special guest. Um, I did him dirty. I had lights and he didn't know uh, that we was going to set up like that, man. But you probably heard this man's voice, which you never seen him before. Young King, the young genius, please introduce yourself. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? My name is Allison Chislam. Uh, happy to be back on the show. Good friend of Reggie's and it's always good to talk to him. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. So what have you been up to? And since the last time we spoke, man, since the last time we spoke is a lot, man. It's just been like COVID year was crazy. Had to um, shut down a couple of businesses. Um, just get back into the workforce. I'm at a startup right now. Um, it's going okay. Um, and just, you know, just moved into my own place. Like I moved out of where I was staying. So I'm like, I'm like back, back on my own completely. So it's just been a, you know, a different world. You know, it's California prices crazy. Oh, California prices are disgusting. They are very yeah. disgusting. Man, um, I'm paying. Uh, I could get a mansion if I moved out of the state for what I'm paying for rent right now. <laughs> oh, if you just came to a beautiful place called Atlanta, Georgia, you can, uh, you know, uh, a four bedroom, twelve hundred a month. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, home. Yeah, I'm way more than that. <laughs> House, you know, a home, <laughs> backyard, everything, twelve hundred a month. Man, it, it's just crazy, man. So, man, this podcast, basically, you know, I want to talk about the movie Black Messiah without telling anything of it. Because I watched the interviews and the director said the one word to describe the movie and what he wanted to describe it was unity. So I'm just going to yeah. ask you a bunch of questions and, you know, we just talk around different things concerning okay. unity you know because i don't want to tell the movie for nobody that didn't see it yeah. but, you don't want to spoil it i got you nah nah definitely man so so unity man let's talk about lancaster california for a minute man how crazy is it like i, I you know i was doing a after i did a podcast with you i did like a snowball effect and then I did a bunch of people from lancaster and they was like hey man lancaster sound pretty fucked up man i'm like uh, at times it is, man, but, man, like, when you think of Lancaster, like, what do you think? I guess the good and bad, because I don't like to just bash a place, so good and bad. I mean, the good side of Lancaster is, like, it's where I grew up. It was, like, it was what I knew, and, like, that's where all, like, my day one homies are from. Like, the people, like, I, I mean, I got new friends now, new homies now, but I still don't feel like it'll ever replace that bond, right? I mean, we it was a lot of shit going on out there, so if, like, you know, if I was to get into some shit, I need to call somebody. I'm calling the people that I grew up with. Like, I'm not calling the new friends I made. So like, that's the good part, you know, about Lancaster. And it was a kind of a tight-knit community. Like, everybody knew everybody. Like, you couldn't really, like, 
I, I, my, my mom has punished my friends. <laughs> my friends' moms have punished me. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you, it's just, you, you grow up with that small, like, tight-knit community. So that was dope. And in terms of the, the bad, uh, man, it was just unnecessary gang violence all the time. And, like, I mean, people losing their life over nothing. Like, people fighting over, like, things that just don't matter, fighting over females. Like, it was just, like, you get the good side of the small town, the small town, and then you get the bad side. Like, it's, like, all this just unnecessary drama. And it's, and it's more dangerous to me there because it's people trying to prove, like, yeah. I'm not just from Lancaster. I, you know... That's an hour and a half from L.A., but I could get with, you know, the L.A. shit. So I fear more of a person that is not really about that and trying to prove themselves versus somebody that's really about that. And like, nigga, I'm not about to go to jail for your stupid ass. Like, they're like, I ain't worried about a real gangster's like, dog, I will hurt you. Like, but, you know, when you hanging around and you know you from Lancaster or whatever and you feel like you want to prove yourself. You willing to do whatever, man? Unfortunately, it, it's that's the scary part right there, man. Yeah, man, we, we were the murder capital of the United States for a little bit in terms of per capita. I think in the early two thousands, man, it was wild out there. It's so crazy that um, I have lived in the murder capital of Virginia at, when it was there, and then now you saying Lancaster. I mean, I was born in New York City in the eighties. Uh, maybe it's me. Maybe I need to stay out of these places. <laughs> Maybe maybe I'm bringing a bad luck. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe it's me. I I hope not, man. But but yeah, Lancaster is just like I think it becomes Lancaster unity amongst the people that you know you went to elementary school with, middle yeah. school with. But it get divisive when it's like you know you join a gang or something like that, and you trying yeah. to like prove yourself that you different and now when i see alton alton's cool with these niggas that i'm beefing with so i can't talk to him like that's what i did hate about lancaster because i was cool with everybody so it's like i could only hang with you for a minute because i'm gonna have to move on because if i'm seen with you and you beefing with this person it's like it's gonna be bad for me because i'm by myself most of the time so it's like uh it gets annoying real bad yeah man like i remember um no names, no names, no names, no names, no names, no 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 names on the bad side. No names on the bad side. But I remember me and the homie D. You know D. Oh, um, yeah. We're um, we're hanging out in front of a in front of somebody's house that we probably shouldn't have been hanging out in front of. Yeah. And we saw the trouble coming, so we decided to leave. Like, yo, the trouble coming. We need to get out of here because this person is a, is a known target. Yeah. And so we leaving. Man, car pull up on us. Like they, they, they just followed us. We were trying to walk the opposite way that we even lived. We were just trying to get out of there. Car pulled up on us, realized we weren't him, the person they were looking for. And it was like, and he's like, like nodded at us and then just drove off. But man, that was almost a, that was almost a bad situation. And it's just so crazy too, that like, you know, the black and Mexican riots spill out from the jail. And it's like, I remember one time, I think you was there with Pooh. Y'all was having a legendary roast uh, battle at the uh, football game. Shout out to Pooh, man. <laughs> But, but we was just sitting out there, man, and it just was like these Mexican dudes just rolled up and they just stopped and looked out the car and just was look. You could tell they was looking for a specific person, like you just said, and they just seemed like they had their shit ready. And I was like, this shit is not normal, bro. <laughs> like this shit is not normal to grow up like somebody's like ready to like shoot you in front of the school. Like it, it's like. 
damn, like nigga, that could have been the end of us right there. Like, wow. If we was those people that was looking for it, like that's nuts. Like real nuts, man. But that's not Costa for you, man, in in a nutshell, man. But definitely what you say? I even had a um I even had a homie. I mean, I don't know if I could really call him a homie. He was a he was a friend from high school, right? I didn't really kick it with him outside of high school. But um I was just walking down the street and you know how we when we get into roast sessions, like you start surrounding people, you know, hands start pointing, you like roasting or whatever. Yeah, yeah we having a good time. So it from the outside perspective, it looked like I was about to get packed out because you don't really know what's happening. And uh, the homie, the, the the homie pulls up, he's a white dude, and so him and his homies I've never met a day in my life jump out the car, ready to get active to to protect me. <laughs> I ain't never hung out with this dude outside of high school, but he just looked and saw I was like I was in trouble. And, you know, jumped out the car with him and his homies. Was like, yo, yo, what y'all doing? Like, like chill out. Oh, I was like, man, man, man that's love. Because, I, I mean, we hung out in, we hung out in school, but not once ever outside of school. So, like, you know, you do get that loyalty. Like, you see people you've known since childhood. And it looked like, like they're in trouble. Yeah. You have to jump out and help. Yeah, it's just, man. Oh, man. I was talking to Chris the other day, like, last week, like, last Friday or something. Shout out to him, man. The legendary fairground stories man niggas don't know like bro if you want to fucking get your ass beat or beat some ass nigga the lancaster specifically the ones that was on the east side like my god you didn't see some legendary ass whippings at that uh fairgrounds or man it was dangerous and if you went on dollar night you was trying to lose your life bro (laughs) For real, nice. because everybody was gonna be in there on that day. Like, yo, it was crazy, man. I don't know if you remember this uh teen club called DJ's Place. I do, I do remember DJ's oh, Place. Oh my god, it was so bad. Oh, DJ's Place was terrible. Oh my god, it was like that was, that was the first time like I ever got like grounded. And I wasn't really grounded. It was like it was a weird situation. It was me, Chris, Manny, and um, Manny legit smoked weed, right? Everybody knew that. Yeah. But we security stopped us for um for saying that we had we we tried to hide weed. And he it was just this one time where he actually didn't do it. But so we get we get in trouble, we all get kicked out, and Manny legit didn't have any weed on him. And so we're trying to explain this to our parents. So my mom there. Chris Granny there, <laughs> Manny Mom there, we all getting chewed out and we legit didn't do anything. So I was like, oh man, like this is crazy. Yeah. Like, man, I can't believe this is happening right now. Yeah. But it was from, from DJ's place. Man, DJ's place was, man, the, the good old days, school time. So in school, what do you remember them teaching you about black history? In school, um, a lot of like, nonsense i mean speak keep it a buck with you like in high school specifically just period i get throughout your school time um throughout my personal school time i didn't i learned a lot i learned a lot about black history but it was only in february and it was always short it wasn't really deep i didn't really start learning i started to learn a little bit of deep stuff when i was going with my mom to avc like because she was taking black history at the college level and she would bring me with her so i got a little bit of exposure then and then I got crazy exposure once I went to like college, like university. That's when it was like deep. It's like, damn, I can't believe this. This this all happened. Because I'm not gonna mention the teacher's name because he's a cool dude, but he said some crazy shit to me in um in high school that I believed. 
because it, it, it made sense. It made logical sense. But when I when I actually like went and talked about it and learned it from other people, it was like, man, that, he was he was tripping. <laughs> yeah. He was that's the way he learned it. Yeah, it man, it's so crazy. Like the level of like ignorance and stuff like people will get. And, you know, white people sometimes, like the teachers specifically, they feel like, well, I'm not saying nothing wrong. It's just that. Like, for me, growing up, I was in Virginia in my, like, elementary school years, bro. And they took us to fucking Jamestown, dog. I was like, yo, I don't give a flying fuck about James. Like, y'all told me about Jamestown. Like, these are where some of the first slaves came. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about Jamestown. And I knew that, like, in third or fourth grade, like... I was like, bro, I don't care about this place. I remember being so disinterested and they had like makeshift ships there and shit like that and showed how people used to shit in a pot and stuff. And I'm like, bro, I don't give a fuck. Like I came for the field trip and I'm going to get a Lunchable, my nigga. Like I don't care about uh, this fucking, like my mom bought me a Lunchable for this trip. But far as Jamestown's, fuck Jamestown and everybody who likes it, nigga. I remember that, but they, you know, they taught us way more than, you know, it seemed like kids get taught now because my, um, you know, uh, brother-in-law, he went to like a Christian school and they, they ain't really hit on Black History Month at all. And it's really, really gross too when it comes to like religious people being racist. It's like, hmm, that makes no fucking sense at all, but okay. It, sh- it like, shouldn't. It shouldn't make sense with it, you know. That's what that's how they are. Yeah, it, it no, it's like really, really weird. Like a lot of you know, religious people is like, Yeah, you know, I, I just voted for Trump because I just feel like, you know, he doesn't believe like Trump don't Trump tell you whatever the fuck you want to hear. So he'd be like, Yeah, abortion's bad. He don't give a fuck. He probably paid for a million abortions. Paid like, for a million of them. <laughs> yeah, he's like, bro, but it's just like so crazy how you could like frame religion and be like oh you know well you know religiously i feel this way and then like even you know if you watch the nat turner movie it was like they used him as a tool early on to preach like hey in this bible that y'all don't know how to read it says this right here in church and god it's like bro yeah shit get wild shit get wicked so like i don't know it's just like in school they want to teach you the nice part about you know like different parts like now i don't think they talk about slavery at all they taught us about like slavery and different things but now i don't i don't think they talk about that at all did they talk about that with y'all in school um in in high school i learned like about slavery and so i said i got the crazy story from one of my teachers it's like cool dude but that that story was just not accurate he was like yeah you know you know the people overhype slavery slavery's not that bad um, slavery was all about money and, you know, finances, and you wouldn't treat your property that, that poorly because of how expensive it was to, you know, to buy and sell slaves. And I'm like, that's kind of logical. That makes a little bit of sense, right? Because I'm young. I'm 16 or 17 at the time. Impressionable is the word. Impressionable. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then I've seen, I found supporting evidence of the same thing. It's like, okay, well, you know, slaves weren't treated, but but that's just some. Yeah. Like, that's not the whole picture. So I was thinking the whole picture was like this. Like, nah, that was a select few yeah. slaves that got lucky. Most of the people was, you know, getting the shit beat out of them, you know, getting limbs cut off and shit. Exactly. So I, he painted this whole picture. He painted the whole picture with what was a subset. Yeah. It's basically like 
you had some good managers that you may have worked for or bosses or whatever, and then you've had some asshole ones that, like, is no nonsense, whatever. It's the same thing, but it's like, dog, it's still, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you've seen um, uh, One Night in Miami on Amazon. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, when they had a scene and he's just like, you know, hey, like, you're my friend, you're this, you're that, but uh, when yeah. it's time to come in the house, yo, we don't let niggas come in the house. In the house? Like, 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 oh, oh, wow, what the fuck? Like, yo, like, it's, man, it's, it's, it's just, man, it's just so crazy, but I, I really think for us, like, we need unity, and I think a lot of unity and stuff like that will come from financial education, financial independence, and I thought of you, and I wanted to bring you on, because I remember you talking about drop shipment, and I think that's a way that people can maybe get some money or things like that and bring in some income. But with drop shipment, say you only got like a hundred dollars a month extra after you pay your bills. Say a hundred dollars or less. What can yeah. you do with that as far as like drop shipment goes? And briefly, what is drop shipping for people that don't know? All right, cool. So I'll start off with what is drop shipping. So drop shipping is basically an online version of being a middleman, right? You're finding a product that someone wants to buy and you're finding a seller who needs someone to buy it. And you're the middleman. You build a website. You list the seller's products on your website as if they're your own. And if someone comes and they buy it through you, then you get to keep the profit and then sell whatever that person's site is. So you just transfer the information over. So they'll give you their credit card, their name, their shipping address. You take that information and then you plug it into the seller system and purchase it on their behalf. And then you keep the profit. Nice. So that's what that's what dropshipping is. You're basically an online middleman, and it doesn't really require a lot of you know startup capital. Just building a website. So can you go on Squarespace and make a website and then try to figure out? all these different things to start a dropshipping company? Yeah, I mean, I would use something like, you know, like WooCommerce or Shopify. Shopify is probably the easiest and Shopify is like 20 bucks a month. So you would just want to use something like Shopify just real quick to set up and a lot of dropship companies already connect to Shopify. So you, so you don't have to like do extra work and extra labor and spend money trying to connect your Shopify store to their system. Okay. So when you when you're doing like like for me for example I was doing high ticket drop shipping when I had more time, I could sell an item that costs you know twelve hundred dollars, but from the seller is selling it at five hundred, but they don't have their own website, and so I would sell it to you for twelve hundred because that's the true value, and I would pay the seller four hundred and then I would or five hundred and I would keep the seven hundred dollar difference. Okay. I never actually paid to produce this product. I don't have to in, like keep this product in inventory. All I got to do is either spend money on marketing or I got to, you know, just keep DMing people saying, hey, you interested in buying this? You know, boom, boom, boom. Like, you know, it's footwork, you know, if you don't have the money to run marketing. Okay. Now, and you were saying, um, well, I guess before I say this, is there like any YouTube clips or anything or anywhere somebody could go that you would think they could get familiar with the processes if they need more information on dropshipping? Yeah. Um, so there's a ton of free stuff on dropshipping on, on YouTube. You just have to Google dropshipping and then your type of industry. Like, don't try to sell everything because it's going to be too difficult. 
find one niche that you want to be in, whether it's sports equipment, um, whether it's you know beauty, makeup, whatever it is, find that and it's Google or YouTube actually how to drop ship this. And it's usually going to give you how to do it. It's going to give you websites. It's going to tell you how to build your website and just stay industry focused. And then once you get better, then you can just build different websites for different stuff that you're interested in. So you can have multiple drop shipping stores. And that's, that's how a lot of people get their money. Cause like you might, your one store might make you a thousand a month. One store might make you five, but if you got five stores going at the same time and you're really not doing any labor because it's drop shipping, you don't own any of this inventory. You have time to manage five different websites at the same time. And now, um, Maybe I could plug it in if I edit this video right. Uh, but Earn Your Leisure. Have you ever heard of that podcast? I've heard of the podcast. I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but I have heard of it. Now, Earn Your Leisure, they have a whole episode on drop shipping. I'll t- try to find it and plug it in this video or something like that. But they have a whole, like, a guy that got rich off of drop shipping. They got, man, vending machines. They just did an interview with Master P. They got Market Mondays where they talk about the stock market to break it down. Are you familiar with the stock market? I am. I'm I'm mostly, I'm like 98% out of the market right now just because there's so much volatility, but I am familiar with the stock market. Okay, yeah, but they, man, they talk about a lot of stuff, but, you know, when people do their homework and learn more about dropshipping and see if it's for them, now you said a cheat code was to sell stuff through Walmart, you said? Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the things I dropped last time. And like that's I'm, I'm mad. I don't have a store right now just because it's, it's blowing up and I just don't have the time because I'm working for the startup. But yeah, Walmart is going crazy right now with drop shipping. Yeah. And they, and you said it was good because they're not charging or something like that. Like, is it, would. yeah, it's a, it's a blue ocean right now. So they're just trying to get more sellers. They're trying to eventually compete with Amazon. So they're letting people come on without really charging you marketing fees. Like they do all the marketing for you. All you have to do is list the products. So the best thing to do, if you're listening to this podcast right now, is to go on to to walmart.com, go into their marketplace and look for non-Walmart products. Like look for third-party sellers, see what they're selling and then find those items because they're probably drop shippers, right? There could be the actual brand itself, but most of them are dropshippers. They have like 50,000. Last time I checked, they had 50,000 dropshippers on Walmart and they're killing, right? They're making $100,000 a month plus. Man, that's just, man, that's just amazing. Cause, you know, it's like the financial literacy part. Like, you, like I watched the 30 for 30 broke, you know, when it's like all these athletes and stuff, they, get this money and then they broke because you know if you think about it for our entertainers is that they don't they're so young by 30 they're kind of out the game or they're not like they used to be and they don't know what to do with that money they like when they were broke last week and then you know come this fall you know they're gonna be millionaires like that quick like that's crazy and it's just hard for us to you know really comprehend because you know i was thinking um, in the workforce or whatever, when you look at the lower jobs and stuff like that, you see a lot of black people in the lower jobs. Like if you see like a, a white person in the lower job, you really don't see no Asian people. You really don't see no Indian people. You like just certain things like working at McDonald's or something like that. You don't see Indian. You don't see Asian. Really, you don't see none of that. And it's just like I think it's because, you know, we don't have 
as much like financial literacy and we already behind because we black and that's what it is in America. We already behind and we don't, you know, sometimes we are born into this world from parents that are behind and they weren't ready to have us, but they did the best they could. But it's just like for you, what do you think are some ways that people, you know, can get financial literate on their own if they come from a background of like, you know, no money or no real opportunity? How can they better themselves? I mean, from someone who's done it, I mean, the the the, the big thing to do is really just to find out what it is that you are you like and that you think you can make money doing and avoiding the naysayers right i mean the black community like you get made it still happens to this day which is mind-blowing to me you get made fun of for being smart yeah crazy to me so people like tried to make fun of me for that all the time but i would roast them right? because I, I was smart but also had jokes so right i'm like cool you can try to shoot on me for being smart and being a nerd but i'm just gonna roast you so we're not we're gonna i'm gonna win the situation but the information man is it's it's free it's, it's all on youtube Right. Realistically, well, YouTube is the best source of information. It's the second biggest search engine in the world behind Google. Yeah. And if it's something you want to learn how to do, like you can do that. And I remember like teaching myself how to tie a tie because I love that. I just went on YouTube and was like, how do I tie this tie? And that's the same thing I do now is like if I need to learn something about business, I go on YouTube like, oh, well, how do I build this website or how do I build in this functionality? Yeah. So I would say if, if you if you need information, just go to YouTube. There's and there's so many free courses out there. Like I put out so many free courses and I think I've talked about it before. I mean, a lot of people, if, if you're really going for it, like, please go to YouTube and like figure something out, like just go and get that information. People look at free like, oh, okay, well it's free. I don't really care too much about it. So a lot of, a lot of the, the black community is really just changing the mentality and the mindset because the information is out there. It's there. It's right. It's, it's at, it's at your fingertips. You can literally learn how to do anything. And that's why I'm so happy you know, a lot of these young artists and a lot of these young rappers, because they, they may not be the, the my taste in music, but these young dudes are hustling. Like they get their music out there. They own all their publishing. They own all the streaming platforms. Their they homeboy do the videos. The other homeboy yeah. does the marketing. I hooked up with Alton because he was the smart dude and he did my website and. Right. They, they know that now, now that they're not afraid to go out there and, and go on the YouTube and learn how to do all this stuff. Or what, what does it mean to own my own masters? Let me, let me look this up on YouTube. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do this for publishing. Okay, cool. I got this now. And that's why I love the younger generation. Even though I'm not a fan of their music, I'm a fan of their hustle. Like they, they own their business yeah. grind. Yeah. It's not for us to really understand, you know, it's just like yeah. they get it, you know, even for me, you know, I, I feel ashamed now because when you're younger, you like, oh, this person talks white or whatever. That's black. But it's yeah. like, damn, because he talks like proper, you know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. don't really have no slang or nothing to him. Like, we make fun of that. And it's like, for what? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a certain level of like, you know, I think it's two type of ignorance in this world. It's ignorance of not knowing and there's ignorance of knowing and not caring. So, you know, I think... For a lot of us, we're ignorant to a lot of things. And, you know, we make fun of it because that's what we do. We crack jokes. We have fun and it's all fun and games. But it gets sad when it's like, yo, like this dude that you think talk white, like he also knows every song and things like you do as well. And if y'all come together, you was the cool dude, he the nerdy dude, y'all can make something great. But instead, we cracking jokes and shit like that. And, I mean, we always got to have fun. That's what we do. Black people, we turn 
you know, shit in the sugar. You dig? Like, we do that. Like, that's what we've been doing. But I just think it's more of that. You know, I just really, really believe, man, fucking slavery, they did a hell of a job. Like, because it's like the wounds, like the chains are gone off of us, but the chains are still on us in our head, you know? So it's just like when we think of unity and coming together, you know, you think like, oh, this motherfucker Alton, you know, he think he better than me. He think he further than me. He drive a nicer car and like, I'm fuck him. Like, it's like for no... For no reason. It's like, oh, fuck him. It's like, okay. That's so wild to me, bro. Like, that shit, really, what you speaking is straight facts. It's truth. Like, that's really how, how niggas approach me. Like, like, oh, Alton think he better than us. When did I say I was better than you? Like, oh, Alton got a nice car. He think he this. I'm like, when? When have I ever said, when have I changed? Like, I've never changed. Like, I've never, like, shot anybody down for not being able to do anything. I'm always like, yo, I got you. I'll help you. I've always been that way. Yeah. And then people were like, oh man, Helton think he this, he think he that. And like, like, that is crazy to me. I literally offered to help you. I remember going back to Lancaster when I was in the middle of the Versafit thing and hung out with all the homies. I won't even mention their names, but it was quite a few of them. And it was oh man, we see you doing the Versafit thing. Like we see you on TV, all this stuff is cool, like it's dope. And I'm like, yeah, come, come work with me. Not work for me, come work with me. Like, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to teach you what I'm working on, teach you the game, and you're going to get paid. Oh, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to hit you up. Ghost. Didn't hear from it. It's, it's, like, it's so sad, how, man. Like, how do you blame that on me? Like, yeah. because I can't do, I can't help fix your work ethic. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. I can give you the knowledge, but I can't fix your work ethic. Work, work ethic. And I think that's like the key though is consistency you know like when i earn your leisure when they just had master p they was talking about rap snacks and different things and he had the dude have rap snacks since the 90s and they ain't really take off to a couple years ago like yeah. he, he had mc mr potato and it was like yeah that's <laughs> terrible so he went back to the drawing board it was like fuck it like during promotional runs Let's take this artist, Cardi B, that's on to come up. Let's put her on some chips. Let's take the Migos. Let's put them on some chips. Let's do these things. And, you know, he stayed consistent with his idea. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, just like if somebody raps, this podcast I'm doing, things like that, you know, when a lot of people, when they don't see instant gratification from it, they give up. They just like, oh, yeah. fuck that. Like, it's over. That shit was whack. Or when your homeboy is just like, nigga, you had a podcast, nigga, you rap like that. That's why most people are scared to like do a lot of things because they're like, oh, I'm going to get made fun of or this or that. It's just it's fucking sad that, you know, that peer pressure. And I mean, like I said, I think it's that fucking plantation mentality of like, you know, you don't want to see nobody doing better than you. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to see somebody getting favor over you and you want to like knock somebody while they down, like, oh, Alton, oh, yeah, Alton doing good. Oh, I seen that nigga get knocked out in the fourth grade. It's like, nigga, he was in the fourth grade. Like, the fuck? Like, he was on the playground. Like, yo, what? Like, what? Like, none of us were fighting then. Like, I mean, it's just, you know, so crazy. I just really want to see us win, but I understand, you know, some of our shortcomings. And I, I look at a lot of things, like, I don't judge my fellow brother and sister. I look at them like, what they did to us was a great fucking job, you know, and we still trying to recover from that shit. And I think like if we could do better than we was yesterday and I mean, we have came a long way, but it's still so much bullshit going on. And like I said, like 
from the movie without telling the movie, but everybody knows what Black Messiah is about. You know, a guy comes in, infiltrate Black Panther, act like he a friend just to get you caught up in some shit and stuff like that. The saddest part to me is that, like, you know, it's just like the, the effort to really tear down black people, bro. It's like, when is enough enough, man? Like, what is your thoughts on that? Like, how, like, it's a conscious effort from multiple races just to, like, tear down the black race. Um, I wouldn't say it's from multiple. I would say it's from one, right? It's from one race. It's the one white race that wants to stay in power, right? And it's not all white people, but it's unfortunately, you know, a mechanism that's built into our society that they're going to continue to push. It will always be white versus black. This is sim- somewhat related to the movie. Some of the things you'll learn if you, you know, you dive deep into that research is that when people, when, when the, when the, when the Europeans first came here, when the Irish came, they were bad, right? But eventually the Irish were accepted as white and it's still white versus black. And then another, you know, the Italians come, you know, and they're bad. And then all of a sudden the Italians are accepted as white, still versus black. And that's what I mean by all races. When, when It's like they program other races that black is bad. That's what I mean. Okay, well, yeah, and that's what you mean. And yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's the, the white systemic oppression telling other races that black people are bad to try to always, you know, push everything white, you know, white versus black. And it's, you know, it's, it's mind blowing that that shit still works. But the more I, I look into psychology and like, I look into most of psychology around business, it's just people are, human beings are easily programmed, right? It's just, you just got to keep feeding them an idea and they'll believe it. And I, I had a, I had a beautiful conversation with this um, older white woman, I think she was like 40, close or close to 40. And she's dating a guy who's Middle Eastern, right? And so she's going to get these, you know, weird looks. And she's by far not a racist, but she wanted to have a comfortable conversation about race and not be judged or attacked. And I'm like, cool, I can do that. And she was dead ass serious that she believed most of the stuff that she that she saw in movies. Like that's how she learned about black people because she lived in the middle of fucking Vermont or New Hampshire somewhere. Oh no, black they, people. Well, they don't. They don't. Yeah, they don't interact with black people. So she's like, everything I know about black people is what I see from movies. So is this true? And she wasn't like you know trying to like sneak some jokes. And she was dead serious. And I was like, no. <laughs> and I would correct her on certain things. And I'm, she's like. She's like, I'm glad that we've had this conversation because she's very accepting and open and knowing that her thoughts are wrong. And we just need to have more conversations, you know, like that, because, you know, racism exists and it's perpetuated throughout culture by the few that are still in power. But honestly, the most people don't think that way. They just get programmed, they, like programmed by movies. I mean, it really is. And even what I hate, too, is like, say you have one bad interaction with one race. It's yeah. a lot of white people that'll take that for the rest of their life. Like, you know, when I was in middle school, you know, a, a group of black guys jumped me. And, like, I just feel like all black guys are like, it's like, bro, that was fucking one group of dudes that did that. But it's like, that's the fuel that, and it's like the media and different things will feed you. You see, like, um, a kid, uh, the kid, they snatched uh, Harambe, snatched the kid, did whatever. They was like, hey. Well, you know, the kid that died or whatever, his dad smoked weed. and It's like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? But as yeah. you take it, have you heard about that bombing that happened on Christmas Day in um a while? Uh, You probably right. forgot about it. It was a bombing 
on Christmas Day near an AT&T building in Tennessee. But nobody gives a fuck and nobody talks about that. The guy that was shooting people trying to protect businesses, do you see him on the news every day? I, I do, but not the first one. The bombing, I don't, I didn't, I completely, I don't even remember that one. It was a bombing Christmas Day, and a lot of people that had AT&T service couldn't pay their bills, couldn't get on the website, couldn't do a lot of things, but the guy was, I've never seen his photo either. But it's just like, you know, if it was one breaking out of store, this or that, bro, they're going to see Alton Chisholm every fucking day because he did that thing. Oh, oh, I'll give you an example right now. Uh, Ray Rice, how many times have you seen Ray Rice or Michael Vick in the bad images of them? A lot, a lot. Do you know this guy? I don't even know his first name. I just know it's Wheeler because they don't fucking show him like that. The Seahawks guy. Yeah, be- I think it was Anthony. Was it Anthony Wheeler? I don't remember. Anthony Wheeler. But, but, but if I was, you know, if we were, if these people were black, you would see it every day. You know what I'm saying? So it just I mean, shows you. You see, you see it every day, and then like you hear about their the the, the demerits they got in the fifth grade. Like <laughs> he was a bad student in the fifth grade, and he has like he like what what is why why are you like that? Just doesn't make any sense. They just dig up dirt that don't even make sense. This motherfucker beat his girl and had a smoothie, and said, "Oh shit, I thought you were dead." And this shit is not everywhere, bro. And even when they do shit. They show these beautiful images, but for us, they show this angry image. Like, let's find a picture of Alton, and he's mad and stuff like that. Like, they do this shit, and it's just like the systematic shit, and it's just like the media, and it just shows the media. Like, the media is poisonous. Like, social media being on that shit, like, I really fell back from it. Like, I just want to promote my little shit and get off, and I like funny videos. I love you. Yeah. You're a good follow for the uh, funny uh, memes, man. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate follow it. my boy. But uh, yeah, it's just so crazy how like, you know, you got to really protect your brain from the images and the things you see because it'll have you fucked up and crazy and thinking wild things like for real, for real. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all programming, bro. Like that's what it's there for. And it's just like, I think we need to get more of a mentality of seeing each other win because if somebody would have took that brother in the movie like, yo, man, like, how could you live with yourself knowing that you're going to, like, ruin somebody's life like that? And it was so many people like that back in the day, and it's still happening now. Like, I don't talk about too much popular shit on here, but recently, the dude 6 9 ran up on Meek Mill. Everybody yeah. knows that 6 9 works with the police and does shit with the police, and yeah. everybody that pays attention to Meek Mill know. He's doing prison reforms and trying to get people that were in prison before jobs. And, you know, he's working with Jay-Z to sell legal marijuana and things like that. It's like, it's a conscious effort to tear down. As long as we bitches and hoes and killing 3,000 niggas in our songs, we fine. But the minute you try to, like, change the minds and shit, nah. Like. That Meek situation is crazy to me because, like, people want, like, oh, why didn't Meek beat him up? Why didn't Meek do this? Why didn't, like, what? He gonna go to prison over a rat? Like, you you know what is about to happen if he if he does anything. And, like, and like, where they both sitting there with security. This dude's not a tough guy. This dude is clearly like provoking him. And yeah. I would not be fucking surprised if the peoples was had them like try to provoke, like, yeah. fuck with Meek. 
to throw him in jail, bro. Like I would not. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Like I know where he's at. Go fuck with him. Get him to do something wrong, and all that work he's been doing and trying to further his people will go down the fucking drain. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I was like, I, I was, I was surprised. Well, I guess I shouldn't say I'm surprised, but when I saw all those people that were like, "Me should have did this. Me should have did that." Like, Meek ain't a real one. Like, why? Are you? Are you? Like, I don't. It's like it's the fake. It's the fake gangsters versus the real gangsters, right? Ugh. Growing up. I had real gangsters around me. They were like, Alton, take your ass to school. <laughs> right? That's what, that's my, like, growing up, that's my idea. Like, yo, shorty, you smart, man. Like, don't be no fucking, but literally the talk was, if I catch you out here, I'm going to fuck you up. That's like, yeah. that's like, the real nigga talk. That ain't the niggas that you see on the TV flashing guns and they got a little, like, the real nigga talk, like, hey, check this out. I'm going to fuck you up if I see you out here. For real. Yeah. What, what are you doing out here? Like, this ain't for you. Like you got a future, you got an education. Go do something. Yeah, these other people—they trying to drag you down with them. Like it's one thing you catch, you you catch, you know, six nine in a solo situation, ain't no cameras, nothing around. Cool, you can put hands on them because the world ain't ever gonna see, ain't never gonna hear about it. And you could deny it. Yeah, so I don't know what happened, man. Like I wasn't even there. But now you're trying to get them to like fight a known rat who's working with the feds, like on camera, like. It's it, it, it's just so much of like that's what I'm saying. I love the jokes. You love memes. I love memes. I love all that shit. But when you really sit there and think about it, it's sad that like we get caught up in so much bullshit that doesn't even fucking matter. It's like, bro, like it's jokes, and we always gonna have cruel jokes. We gonna have jokes that's like, damn, that shit's kind of like not funny, but it's hilarious. Like I love those kind of jokes. Like I come, I was a born in '87. Like I come from some fucked up jokes. Like for real, for real. But it's just like when you see certain shit in Twitter, and then it's like Twitter. Like if we had Twitter and stuff like that, all the fights and stuff we seen growing up, it would have been ten times worse if people was putting shit on social media or putting fights on social media. People get beat up. Niggas is gonna come back with a gun or something. It's like. The social media is hyping you up to be retarded, man. Yeah. Remember, I think it's a good thing that we didn't have social media in our generation. Oh. We would probably either be rich or dead. There's no in between. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people was creative. So, I mean, a lot of us would have been on some funny shit, like definitely hanging around y'all. We'd have definitely <laughs> some prank shit. We'd have definitely videotaped the roast sessions, threw oh, them man. on YouTube, definitely yeah. threw them on YouTube. And, man, yeah. just, just lived it, man. Classic road sessions, classic fights. Um, I remember, the boxing man. gloves. Y'all used to box a lot. Yeah. And I remember seeing, like, so I remember seeing, like, the funniest, like, thing I've ever seen, at least to me, I ever witnessed, right? I've never seen somebody so calm about to be getting into a fight, take their shirt off, fold it, set it down, <laughs> knock the other person out like it's normal. Then talk shit and then put their shirt back on and just just like like that was just a, a regular occurrence. Like, uh, well, I guess I'm gonna have to knock this nigga out. So like, hey, shout out to Lancaster, California, man. I love you, man. Lancaster, man. Oh, it's just, man. It's just so crazy, man. It's just, and for us too, I want people listening to take more risks. Like, take yeah. a calculated risk. You know, get your little money together. See how much you need. See, like to you know pay your rent, pay your bills take care of your children, whatever. But I mean, I think 
you know, I heard something on 85 South show. They was like, a job is going to pay you enough to come back. They never going to pay you enough to further yourself. They're not really going to give you like ownership, even in basketball. You could play the game. You cannot be the owner. Like, I feel like we need to take more risks like that opportunity, whatever it is you want to work on, but you a little nervous about get a plan together, figure it out. Don't worry about what other people saying, what other people doing. You know, you just need to really figure it out. I know you took some risks. You went out there, you had your businesses. COVID fucked a lot of that up for you. You had to go. Hey, but you can. This one thing I had, uh, I had Divine Eye Media a podcast I did. And she said, look, I'm going to jump out there on faith in my photography and my video work because guess what? I can always get a job. So for you, how do you feel about taking risks? Man, you know me. I'm a big risk taker. (laughs) I take take any calculated risk, like I'm with it, right? So I I will pull out money. I will do whatever. If I think I'm going to win, I'm going to take it because like you said, at the end of the day, I can always get a job. Right. I can't always, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm young. I'm not married. I don't have no kids. I still have the freedom where I'm the only person I'm supporting. I mean, I do support my family. I do help people out with bills or whatever, but if everything goes wrong, it's on me. Like I ain't got a mortgage. I ain't got to make sure my wife good. I ain't got to make sure my kids good. So I'm at the age and I'm at the place in my life where I can take these risks. So when the future come, only one thing has to pay off. I can miss 99 straight times and one thing works and it's back paid everything. And now I'm good. I'm living life. I ain't got to like trip on nothing. I'm paid for. I'm now I'm ready to have kids. I can stay at home with my kids. I ain't got to report to no boss. Like I'm good. So to me, that's the way I'm playing it. I'm, I just got to bat, bat one out of a hundred. <laughs> that's it. And that, that's just like, it's beautiful thing, man. It's just, you know, and then like for me lately, man, I just been on a, a journey. I'll be meditating. I'll be like just yeah. on my super spiritual vibe and just like happiness and everything. Have you ever had happy tears before Alton Chisholm? Nah, <laughs> never. I wish, I wish I could say that. Man, Alton, yeah, Alton, you don't strike me as one with too much emotion, man, like that at all, man. But me, I have happy tears all the time, man. I just be, like, so proud of how far I came, how proud of, like, how far others came. Like, man, I just be, like, oh, I'll be so excited. I'll be, like, it ain't, like, really, it's, like, a thug tear that come down or eyes get watery, but, like, you know, I'm not boohooing, but it just feels like, damn, I was, like, damn, I'm going to start asking people, do they have happy tears? But I'm, like, Alton don't strike me as one as a lot of emotion, man. Not at all. I I I I get happy for other people, right? I don't I don't have like crazy emotional outbursts unless I'm just like joking around. But like for myself, like I don't know what that's like yet. Like I think because I haven't accomplished what I want to accomplish, I think that's when I'll be happy. But I'm I'm happy all the time for the people. I love seeing people win. I love helping people win. Like that feels good. But that's always gonna feel good, man. But uh, before we get out of here. I know you're always working on something. You're always doing something. You're always trying to help people. Anything you want to promote or give people? or I do. I do. I wish I could um, pull it up right now. I might send it to you so you can, like, you know, edit it in. But I got this um, supplement company. I think I talked to you about it last time, but it was, like, slow moving. I should be launching at the end of this month or the beginning of next month. It's called the Bop Supplements. It's going to be a black-owned supplement company. 
we'll make protein, um, protein powder, you know, vegan, non-vegan. We'll have, you know, your vitamins, like anything you can think of that you need to take for your health and for your body, we'll produce. And we're going to start off with five products, mostly on the fitness side. So it'll be protein related and uh, pre-workout and um, I think vitamin B12. I think those are the first few products that we're going to release. And then we're going to slowly start rolling out more products. So I'm super excited about that. So look out for that. It's called Babop Supplements. And um, I'll tell you what Babop stands for. Nobody really knows what it is yet, but your, your listeners will. So Babop stands for Big Ass Bag of Protein. <laughs> I like that. Right, it stands for big ass bag of protein, and we're in the process of trademarking it. So all of our protein will come in a bag. And the, the concept behind that was it was actually a joke that I came up with like three or four years ago. But once I said the joke out loud, I was like, "Wait, this is a real idea! Like I can actually turn this into a business." And it's funny, and like it actually makes logical sense, right? We always buy protein in like two pound containers, and like you run out of it every two, three weeks, or to a month. But I would want to order a big bag of protein, like, you know, five, 10 pounds that I can just, you know, scoop in and scoop out whenever I need to. And so that's kind of what was like, what kind of like brought it up. And then like just the concept of like all the ridiculous marketing I could put together with it. And you like, you know, like my ridiculous creative mind. So I'm just excited to like shoot all the marketing videos for it. Man, that is beautiful. Can't wait to hear more from you. I thank you for coming on uh, short notice, but. You always pull through, man. You always got something going on, man. And this is recorded.